You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Hey Burley Church online. <laughs> um, oh, actually, for some of you, you may be watching this in the church. We're having a couple of uh, housewarming services, we're calling them, and uh, we split the church up in a the best we can to allow people to come together and gather. Uh, but I know many of you are doing it in your homes. Many of you are doing church in your homes, in parks, and it's just... Oh man, that that stuff warms my heart (laughs) as I see a scattered church in this season. But uh, man, that's where the church explodes. To be honest, history uh, favors a scattered church as they think outside the box. And so we continue to pray um, for our country and who knows? Look, people have been asking me when we'll go back to normal. I don't know. I don't know. Looking at Victoria at the moment, we're praying for those who are in Victoria that are watching this. we don't know if we're going to Queensland here. We don't know. So, look, we'll keep staying in contact. Make sure we have your email if you want to stay in contact um, or jump on our Facebook or our social media. And please let us know prayer and praise um, points so we can celebrate or pray for you um, in this season. But, yeah, look at me. I'm in here at the moment. We'll try at a different location today. Um, there's some stuff going on in our food support room, which is also our studio, which is also a bunch of other things. But uh, we've got the cross behind me. Um, really keen to show you guys this when we come back. It's uh, the work of uh, Josh, um, Dave, Mark, and Clay, all, all some people that come along to our church. And uh, they put some work in and put their time. And, man, it it's, it's, uh, gives a different feel to the place, which is good because it's a new season, right? So let me pray. And uh, we'll uh, kick off and continue this Fruit of the Spirit um, sort of series. Uh, Actually, do you know what? Let me tell you a story first, and then I'm going to pray. Some of you may know or may not know, but my actually, when I first got out of high school, uh, I did an undergrad uh, in film and television production. It wasn't handy really at all until until now. Um, It's been semi-handy. But... It meant it exposed me to some pretty wacky, arty sort of films. And my taste, when I, especially as I was in uni, became quite different to other people. And I came across this semi-film, uh, Christian film, or film with some religious views in it um, by Terence Malick called Tree of Life. And the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, People need to see this. This is a life-changing film. And so because I was excited by it, I invited all uh, my close friends around to my place, set up my couches, chairs, um, and we all watched this film, this three-and-a-half-hour film, I think. (laughs) And they hated it. Um, Some of them hated it more than others. A close friend of mine um, hated it so much that they had to leave. Um, I'm pretty sure they're still annoyed at me for that. And, um, and, and it really raised this idea that what we define as good, what we think of different things, it really depends on who you ask. We all have different experiences. We're all studying different things. We're all looking at the world differently. And so to pretend that we all think the same thing, to pretend we think the same things are good, just just isn't accurate. And, and we'll come back to that story, but we're going to open up the scripture this morning and, and let me pray as we unpack um, this, this passage in Galatians around the fruit of the Spirit. Let me pray. Father God, I just uh, thank you for today. 
Thank you for um, what you're doing in our lives, Lord. We just pray in this weird and wacky season that we're able to stay connected to you, Father, draw closer to us, especially our sick, especially our lonely, our, our down and, and out, Lord. I just pray that your drawing, your presence is known to them uh, all the more, Lord. And I just pray as we unpack the word this morning, you'll challenge us or this afternoon or whatever time they're watching it. But Father, I just pray you'll, you'll connect with us and your Holy Spirit will be stirred uh, within us in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me read um, from this passage, the letter to the church in Galatia from Paul. Let me Let me read. But I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Paul outlining two ways, spirit or flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, he kind of gives the fruit of the flesh, you could call it, are evident, sexual immorality. Immorality, <laughs> impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, immunity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies. Are things like these, I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there are no law. For those who belong in Christ, Jesus has crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. As spoken about last week, Paul uh, lists some of the fruit that walking in the Spirit and growing in the Spirit naturally produce. He also lists um, some fruit of the flesh, uh, the quick and easy stuff. They don't actually take, it doesn't take much um, effort to produce those things. They're of the flesh. They're, they're, they're not, they can, they're easy to do but have long-term consequences. Um, but the fruit is something that is, cultivated. And it's kind of why I've called this series uh, Cultivating. As we look at what it looks like to cultivate the soil, not straight away, as we talked about last week, try and just force ourselves to make the fruit, but to cultivate the soil, plant the right seeds, water, sunlight, and grow in the Spirit. Sometimes some of these fruits come straight away from receiving the Holy Spirit. Don't get me wrong. But some of these things take time to work because as we, we become less of the flesh and more of the spirit. And uh, we finished, because of that, we finished last week with the first fruit we wanted to talk about, love. And normally the sermon would finish with me saying, be more loving, go, do love. That wasn't the case last week. We're digging in the soil. We're planting seeds. And so I asked you to receive, find ways to receive God's love. Receive God's agape love, the gift love that comes from him that you can give out only if you have it first. And so keep on receiving that love. Keep talking about that and finding ways to know your identity in Christ. Today, we want to talk about goodness, um, which is a funny word, I think, because <laughs> it sounds made up. 
Uh, it sounds kind of wafty, kind of Disney princess, kind of, I don't know, uh, like just think about that. You should produce good things. Um, do lots of good. Um, it kind of reminds me of that, that word gooder. <laughs> you should be gooder, which isn't a word. Uh, this goodness, what is that? Imagine if today's sermon was just now be good and do good things, church. It's a wafty kind of word. Um, but the Bible, as per normal, has things rich under the surface. The actual meaning of that word, as you trace that back, has so much more to say today than just be good. So goodness. Um, how do we cultivate goodness in our life? I think the first question to, to explore when looking at goodness and how to cultivate the soil and plant the seeds of goodness is we first need to understand what is good. And this is where I want to link or talk about my tree of life story, my movie selection, because good relies on, it depends on who you ask. Good is different to each person. If you ask the world what is good, they might say power. They might say influence, prestige, looking great, feeling great. Uh, if you ask someone that's pushed to their limits, uh, unable to feed their family in a third world nation, you might, he might say, she might say, stealing is the most good they can do for their family. Someone who believes that all of this is the end results of just pure chemical and biological accidents and over millions of years might say the good is survival. It's just about surviving, reproducing, and, and, and survival of the fittest. That might be their good. Uh, even in this, I go this room, but it's just me and Samal, but in the room you're in, or if we ask the church online to say what they think the good life is, <laughs> um, that would differ. Everyone would have a different idea of what the good life is. It depends on who you ask. Goodness, in a wide sense, being good, all depends on who you ask. Your movie selection on what you like depends on who you ask. It's key. It's real key. In fact, those watching this will have other people's standards of good placed on their life. Let me explain. Some of you will have an ex-partner that made you feel inherently bad, made you feel horrible. Their standard of good, you didn't match their standard of good. Abuse, maybe. Parents, teachers, friends, you might carry words that they said to you one off time or many times that was their definition of good. Churches. <laughs> Churches are really good at making up their own good sometimes. I um in my youth I went to a church um and if it was basically this well, in my limited understanding don't have sex don't drink and don't swear um not bad advice that they were the basically the the standard of what is good how to be good but it's funny I don't think I ever heard a sermon on greed or pride even though it's an upper middle class church with at the time a board that was just full of businessmen, which is fine. But we never, ever, ever, ever heard a sermon on pride or greed. 
because that wasn't the standard of good anyone wanted to hear. No one wanted to be challenged on their second or third house purchase. No one wanted to be even pushed on those things. And so I heard about 67 messages on why not to drink. And I got to take, I, instead I got, to take, I got told to take my hat off about 70 times because they had to find their own standard of good. Not that those things are bad, but it depends on who you ask. Turns on their priorities. As Christians um, who have freely chosen to ask God what is good, then I pose this question. Then this is the question for us. It depends on who you ask. I mean, as Christians, and those that aren't Christians say, if you're joining us, that's okay. Um, but this bit is speaking directly to Christians who have made a choice to say, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to turn my life around turn my direction around, and I'm now going to follow his ways, his practices, the things that Jesus wants in my life, life in the spirit, then there's only really one person we should be asking, what is good? What's actually good? As those that are students of Jesus, when I say it depends on who you ask, well, you should be asking Jesus. You should be praying and asking God, what is his Good, not the person beside you. What's his good? And so out of that, I want to give two encouragements through this message. The first one is you are good. It's my first encouragement today. You are good. <laughs> well, sort of. <laughs> I cringe as I say it. And let me explain. As I say that, when I say you are good, that's my first encouragement. I cringe because the Christian heritage in me and the leaning of sermons wants to say, I'm not good. I'm a sinner. I'm not, I haven't been redefined. I'm not good. I'm not good. Uh, it wants to say, my good works are like dirty rags. And I want to quote that at myself and go, Steve, you're not allowed to say you are good. And we're not entirely. But let me have a look at the actual word in the Greek for goodness and explain further what I'm trying to say. So stay with me if you're uncomfortable. In fact, if you're uncomfortable with that statement that you are good, fantastic. That's what preaching's meant to do. We're in a space of uncomfortability. Let's keep digging down and see if we can find some clarity in this together. So the word is agathosane, um, which I terribly sorry, mostly to Jewel, um, who probably knows how to pronounce that. For everyone else, you can just pretend I pronounced that perfectly. <laughs> um, and Paul uses this word in the Greek deliberately, even though he had a selection of other words he could use. He uses this word. He chooses this word to explain goodness. And it has two sides to the word, two encouragements. The first meaning of um, this word is an intrinsic goodness. This same word is used in the creation story when God says, looking at creation, it is good. Or when he looks at mankind and says, it is very good. It's this, mankind hasn't done a single thing. Creation hasn't even moved yet. And God looks at it and says, it is good. And do you know why it's good? Because it depends on who you ask. But it's good because God says it's good. God has called it good, therefore it is good. We are made by him. He created us. 
He made us originally good, very good, he uses. And of course, it depends on who you ask, but I'm asking him. Now, we did mess it up. We didn't want God's definition. We wanted everyone else's, starting with a, a Satan himself, we wanted everyone else's definition. And literally, since that moment in time, we've been asking everyone else what they think is good, what their definition of goodness is. But some of us, and a fair few are hope watching today, have recognized that the only one worth asking is God. Jesus giving us a chance to go back to the Father. Jesus turning to him, turning away, repenting, or however you want to word that, turning around, facing Jesus, walking towards him, becoming a disciple, means that we get a redefinition. Literally washes us clean. So in some way, we now have intrinsic, well, we have a claim to that intrinsic goodness. In some way, when God sees us now, he sees Jesus. We can be good. Now, do we deserve it? No. (laughs) Not even close. Did we earn it? No. Do we come close to earning it? No. No, no, no. No way. It's only through Jesus on the cross that has allowed us to be redefined if we follow him. So why do I say that, though? Why do I make us uncomfortable with that? That idea of receiving that free gift of grace, being redefined as good. Why why bother saying that this morning? Well, I want to encourage you to pick up God's definition of you. If we're talking about digging the soil, if we're talking about digging deep and planting seeds and using the right water and the right fertilizer and whatever analogy I can think of of planting, then pick that up every day. You are good. Again, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done in you. It's because of what God sees when he sees you and he sees Jesus. That gives us a chance each day afresh to forget those who have said such nasty things. Forget those that have defined you differently in the past. Forget the, the, the words that we carry from a parent or a mentor our whole life that we aren't enough, that we aren't good. There's a truth in that we aren't enough, but you now can wake up as a Christian every day and say, I'm good because God is good. What a restart. What a way to dig deep. What a way to allow God's view of you and Jesus' act on the cross to redefine you. You are good. Feel free to kick that around your small groups. (laughs) So start today or tomorrow with the knowledge that the creator, the divine, in a spiritual sense, the actual center of our universe and being, seeing you as good because Jesus was good and we now follow him and receive his redefinition. I want to pray, but we're not finished. (laughs) I want to pray right now because I really felt strongly about this as I prepared this message, not trying to get a theological point across. I really felt strongly about the fact that there are people in our congregation that have been defined by words people have said that wake up 
and say to themselves each morning, I'm just that horrible ex-wife that my ex-husband told me I was. I'm just that horrible kid that my dad said I was never enough. I'm just that friend that got left out and my friends didn't really want it. It saw no value in me. I want to pray for you right now that you can let Jesus redefine you in a new way, in a new season, and set the soil up to walk in his spirit, his ways. Remain in him, it says in John 15. So I'm going to pray for that. I've got one more point, and um, it's a bit more practical. Father, God, we are good because we turned from you, Lord, but you created us good and you now re- can redefine us, Lord. And so I just pray that that we can lose the baggage of what people have called us, the words that people have used, the things that hang up on us, that people have said about us, other people's definition, and we can ask the question, we can think about this statement, it depends on who we ask, and we ask you, God. We ask you to remind us each and every day as we look to dig deeply. We ask you to redefine us every day, that you now see us as a new creation that we are good because of what Jesus has done, that we are good with you and you are good. Father, let that sink into wherever it needs to sink in. Let that redefine us. Let that stir within us. And let that work powerfully in this this new season in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, second encouragement. And it's the second part of this word. See, the word talks about this intrinsic goodness that you, that you, that's why Paul uses it, but it also then talks about the overflow of that. So it starts off with a good that you can't shake, a good that has been given to you, a good that is a gift, a good that sits within you, and then that good overflows um, as we plant and water. So put simply, the best way to describe this is you are what you eat. <laughs> or as Nutrigrade says, you only get out what you put in. So my second encouragement today is consume goodness. Eat it up. It says in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is an, any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So my question is, what are you letting in? Again, many years of attending church, um, this normally comes down to two things. We roll out, don't play violent video games, watch violent movies, or don't watch porn. Um, and that, that's, that's good advice. Um, in fact, subscriptions to porn sites have gone through the roof in this COVID time. So it is a very real problem about what we're putting in. And if you look at what the flesh produces when we walk in that, it's not hard to recognize that those things could potentially produce things of the flesh. It's not good. It's not good to put those things in. But they're a little obvious. I'd like to see us go a little bit more deeper, push in a little bit more about what we consume. What about the things less talked about? What about the 24-7 entertainment news cycle, the industry of fear and anxiety? Don't get me wrong, it's good to be informed, especially right now. But seriously, consuming that anxious, suspicious, outrage-filled rubbish all the time is going to produce an anxious, suspicious person, (laughs) funny enough. Or the lies on social media. 
or the amount of false facts on chain emails. Gee, there's some rubbish out there. Or the conversation you have in, in gossip around the water cooler at work. Facebook posts. None of that's like evil, but do you have to be, do you have to consume yourself with it? Netflix. You know, previously to other streaming services, Netflix was once quoted saying, our biggest competitor is sleep. Is if to say people will just keep consuming, the only reason they'll stop consuming is if they have to go to bed or fall asleep. How's that? What's that doing to us as we consume the, the, all of that stuff? What sermons or messages are we learning through Netflix as we watch and consume? I wonder what it's for you. What are you consuming? What are you taking in? Again, not all evil. Of course not. Yet, if that's all you eat, if that's all you consume, if that's all you feed the soil, the plant, what grows out of that? So much more I could say on that, but it's up to you to think about what you consume a little too much. Um, there's so many loud voices in the world, world trying to tell you and define what is good. But rather the call in Philippians is to consume something different. It says whatever is true, honourable, just, pure, lovely, commendable and excellent. Not just consume these things, it says think about these things, meditate on these things, eat these things up. Instead of the news some nights, read the Bible. <laughs> Instead of asking your friends what's the gossip, they're Christians, ask them what God has been doing in their life. Instead of being always entertained, stop, go away, be quiet, spend some time with God in silence, listen to him. Instead of constantly needing to be filled or entertained. Instead of concentrating on that one negative comment 17 years ago, <laughs> read the promises of God, his hope, his definition. Instead of looking through catalogs of things you want, make lists of things you're blessed with. Live out God's redefinition of you, one made through Jesus, that you are good and you can consume good. So here's some questions to finish us off. Who defines your good? Who do you find yourself going to? Now, classic Christian answer straight away. You're tempted to go, God, <laughs> how will that help dig deeper? Okay, first answer is God. Good, you got it right. Give me your second answer. Turn to the person beside you and say, look, I go to God 70% of the time, but who else do you go to for your definition of good? And is it helpful? Is it healthy? Is it growing? deeply who do you how do you think you can dull those voices in god's favor so there's some other things you shouldn't be listening to some other voices you shouldn't be consumed with how do you dial them down to two and dull god's goodness up to 10 how do you think you do that and then the third question what are some ways your peers consume goodness so hopefully you've got some people in the room with you if not give someone a call and if they're a christian and you admire them, ask them how they find ways to keep consuming what is good. We've all got different stories. We've all got creative ways of um, engaging God. Ask them. You'll learn some tips. You'll learn some ideas. Ask the people around you, hey, how do you stay, I guess to use John 15, connected to the vine? How do you remain in him? How do you stay in his definition? How do you keep consuming 
goodness. Ask them. They're my three questions for today. Thank you for joining us. We're going to continue this series in Galatians, um, and we're going to keep exploring what this fruit means, and we're going to hopefully be digging soil as individuals. But what's exciting in this new season as a church, digging deeper soil as a church. Hey, church, thanks for joining us today. Um, look, if a little bit of encouragement uh, before I read one more passage. If you've enjoyed or you felt challenged by uh, this sermon or this series, then never has it been easier to just share it. Share this link on your Facebook. Share it around in groups. Share it to your friends. Share it to your grandkids. If you think it's worth them hearing this, no longer do you right now have to invite them to a building where they have to travel and go and come and meet new people. You can literally just send this to them and ask them what they think. And so let me encourage you to do that. Share it round and let me know what people say. I love to hear how this is received in Burley because it's, I mean, in our wider society, this is what it's about. Um, but let me read, as kind of a benediction, I guess, um, just a reminder of what this whole series is about in Jeremiah 17, 8. Let me read. He is like a tree planted by water. It sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Father, may we as individuals and as a church be that tree in this new season. Not concentrating on the colour of the tree, not trying to paint its leaves or fruit, not trying to entertain, not trying to just create something to offer Sundays. (laughs) Father, let us dig deeply into your living water as a church and as a community, as individuals. And Father, we are just expectant and exciting of what will be produced if we do the deep work. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.